We love freedom. We love freedom, and we're thankful for freedom, aren't we? We're thankful for freedom. I heard one person say that the very fabric of our lives is woven with freedom. We sing about freedom. Uh, A lot of times around the 4th of July, we'll sing songs about freedom and songs about patriotism. And one of my favorite non-patriotic songs about freedom is that old classic by Old Blue Eyes himself, My Way. Frank Sinatra, My Way. Doing it our own way. Individuality is, is a wonderful thing. We saw in Galatians chapter 5 at the very beginning a couple weeks ago that it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Jesus sets us free. But does that mean that we can simply then do as we please? Paul tells us, starting in verse 13 today, he says, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. We, we have been called to freedom. Uh, freedom in Christ, again, it's a wonderful thing. When you and I are set free in Christ, we, we no longer feel the burden of guilt, uh, the burden of the guilt of our sin. We, we no longer worry about our eternity. However, we're told to not turn freedom into an opportunity for, for the flesh. So, so what do I mean? Simply this. It's a pervasive idea. I, I, I said earlier in the 21st century, but it really before that. This pervasive thought of, well, I'm forgiven and I'm free, so I can now live how I want. I'll just say what I want to say, and I'll just do what I want to do, because you know what? God will forgive me. And see, friends, that's a very dangerous path on which to start down. Freedom from sin? Yes, because of the cross, Jesus saves from sin. But Jesus can't be Savior if Jesus is not allowed to be Lord. If Jesus is not followed. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus said to his followers then and and to us now, he says, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross and he must follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. And then he asks this question. Jesus asks, For what does it benefit a person, a man or woman, to gain the whole world, but yet to forfeit his or her own soul? With the gospel, our freedom shouldn't show up in self-gratification. We've just been told by Jesus himself to deny self. We're told by Jesus himself to to pick up this instrument of of death, of self-sacrifice, the cross. And we're told to follow Jesus' example 
of laying down our lives, our preferences. Back where I'm from, we use the word druthers. We, we are to lay down our own druthers. In addition, we are to serve one another through love. And why does Paul make this connection? Well, when we think about flesh, we think about self. But when we think about, but when we think about serving, we think about someone else. And then Paul says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And we've been talking about neighbors the last few weeks. You see in your, in your worship folder, Who is my neighbor? I'm still asking for you all to help me build a contact list. It, it all depends really on you. I asked you the question about a month ago now, how, how bright do you think the future of our church can be? And the response is, as bright as you and I will allow it. But it's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us outreaching those to those who who are unconnected, who are between churches. Who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells us in in Matthew chapter 19, Paul actually quotes Jesus, and Jesus is actually quoting the Old Testament in Leviticus 19 about loving our neighbor. Leviticus 19 says, You shall not take vengeance or hold any grudge against anyone, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's what the Lord told Moses to tell to Israel and what Jesus told His followers and His listeners and Paul tells us. And then Paul says this, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Huh. If you bite, if you devour... So for Paul to say it in this fashion, does this mean that this behavior is okay? Uh Uh-uh. Paul is not offering this as an option for behavior. Paul is acknowledging that it's already going on. You know that biting and devouring one another, that, that happens. That happens in church. There's evidently a lack of neighborly behavior going on here in, in this church in, in Galatia. And Paul's saying, in essence, if you continue to attack one another like animals, you're going to be destroyed. Paul is simply calling the church out for behavior of which he's aware. And this is conduct which is unacceptable, especially for ones who claim Jesus as Savior and Jesus as Lord. Paul says, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. That's, that's clear and straightforward. If you, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't carry out the desire of the flesh. And walking by the Spirit, well, well this is moving forward with, with some intentionality, with, with some intent. It's not aimless, it's not aimless ambling, but it's this intent. Tension on following what the Lord says. How do we follow the Spirit? How do we follow the Spirit? It's a fair question. We talk about it. How do we do it? Well, how do we know His voice? Well, 
we have to read His Word. This is God-breathed Word here. And this is how we know Him. This is how we know His thoughts. This is how we know His will, if, if we read it. And that's how we hear Him. And, and we spend time in His Word. And, and then we spend time listening, but we, we also spend time talking to Him. We spend time praying. And we don't have to, it doesn't have to be some big formal thing. You talk, you must tell Jesus all of your trials. You cannot bear these burdens alone. You sang that earlier in our time this morning. We tell Jesus our trials, our challenges. I told our folks earlier, um, I didn't talk until I was about four years old. My uh, sister, she would speak for me when I was little. She would say, Jake wants this, Jake wants that. I, I didn't have to talk. didn't have to talk. And, and then uh, my wife has said, well, evidently when you started talking, you haven't stopped. You're trying to make up for the first four years of life. But, <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. As we talk, and we are to talk to the Father, we want to make sure that we are listening as much as we're talking. Good. We need to make sure we have that balance there. Um, most of us don't have God's Word memorized. I know I don't. But we know, we, we really do have an idea. We, we know the intent of what His Word says, don't we? We, we? we know the kinds of things that it says. And, and if we're not certain about maybe a certain something in Scripture, it's, it's okay to ask a fellow believer about it. I've had some of you ask me, what does the Bible say about X or Y or Z? Ask the preacher. If I can't tell you immediately, we'll, we'll, we'll find it. This is the process of walking by the Spirit. This is how it works. And, and if we're intent on traveling in this direction, then we won't be traveling in our own direction. We're thinking about the things of God and talking about the things of God and listening to the things of God. And that's going to help us have our antennas up to be paying attention to where God would have us be aware to serve. If we're walking by the Spirit, we won't be focused on our own thing. We'll be less tempted to carry out our own desires which promote what we want at the cost of everything else. Paul says, "...for the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit." Flesh and Spirit... They are in opposition of one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. The desire of the flesh, the desire of the Spirit, they are incompatible. They're incompatible. They are in opposition. They move in opposite directions. Look at verse 18. Paul says, if you're led by the Spirit, then you're not under the law. Self and Spirit do not walk side by side. The further we walk by the Spirit the further away we move from the things of self, and, and vice versa. We, the further we walk by the flesh, the further away we move from the things of God and, and the Spirit, and it doesn't happen accidentally. We have to make a choice one way or the other. We have to choose. If I'm going to go my way, I'm really not going to go His. It's not going to happen. If I'm traveling my way, I really won't be following Him. They move in opposition. 
And likewise, if I'm traveling his way, then I won't be going my own. Amen. And, and, and in terms of salvation, if I'm depending on him and trusting in him, then I'm not depending on and trusting in me, my work, the, the law. Faith is in him. Faith won't be in my work trying to get to God on my own, in my own terms, on my own terms, in my own way. Basically, I'll be my own idol. Not how it works. Paul then gives us a list of deeds of flesh and self. Mm. And there's a lot here. However, it's not complete in terms of how it's all spelled out. There are aspects, in terms of these acts of the flesh, there's aspects of personal and relational and physical. Verse 19, Paul says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. And that's the word I want you to see. I want you to remember that word. They're evident. And he starts down the list. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior. And these first few, I guess we could explain further, and I could make the entire room squirm. These are relational with regard to sexual intimacy. The Lord has revealed in His Word with clarity the guardrails for how and with whom we are to relate in a sexual manner. What is considered immoral and indecent is stated and clarified in Scripture as impure. And when Paul says that these types of things are evident... We know what he means, don't we? We know what he means. They're just kind of obvious. And they're never fun to talk about. And then Paul says, he goes down the list, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. We're not going to hit all these, but, but idolatry things we place on a level which competes with our attention and affection for the things of God. I'm going to say that again. Idolatry, that's the placing of things on a level which competes with our attention and competes with our affection for the things of God. We probably all have heard the story about the Israelites making the the golden calf out in the wilderness while Moses is away talking to God. And while we would never do that, we would never fashion a little golden idol to set on a mantle, we're more likely to idolize persons or idolize plans or idolize wants or wishes. One one pastor with whom I worked for many years, he talked about tucking in those little idols into bed every night. (laughs) all of us who were young parents at the time, being careful about making sure we remember God's place and our place. Sometimes we, we idolize memory lane. We, we idolize our old lives. And that happens, it happens more often than we think. So what about hostilities or, or strife, the, the need for creating relational drama 
which creates hostilities and strife. Jealousy. Mm, ooh, that's an awful thing. And we don't see romantic jealousy often in the, in the body of Christ. We're more likely to see jealousy when perhaps a, a person's longtime influence in the church begins to shift over a period of time. That can be awkward to watch. It's what I call trying to hold on to a, to a corner of the kingdom, having a hard time sharing a corner of the kingdom. And that's when you see envy rear its ugly head. Sometimes these kinds of struggles, they can lead to hurt feelings and, and angry outbursts. Those angry outbursts, the selfish ambition is at the heart of these kinds of struggles. And, and often, folks, oh, they get offended. They take offense, and, and they'll get on the horn with those having been offended, and that can lead to taking sides. Those dissensions and factions of which Paul is speaking. And you see, these are relational. These are relational. They span from, from involving a few persons to involving many, and, and they all impact self. They, they all impact others. And, and I want you to see how they, how they build in intensity. Sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the worst, things like these. Things like these. Do you remember when Paul said these things are evident? In, in, in essence, Paul is saying it's not really too hard to figure out what's right and what's wrong. And at the end of the day, we, we really, 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 really don't have to split hairs. A lot of times when we want to split hairs about the fine print of Scripture, we're often looking for justification, a loophole, really. We're looking for a loophole for what we, we want to do or what we want to believe. Things like these, Paul says, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. What's the warning? Those who practice things like these will not inherit the kingdom. We've not seen the word kingdom in Galatians yet until here. But in Galatians chapter 3, we, we, we saw that we all have the opportunity to become sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We can be clothed with Christ, baptized into Christ. We can be one in Christ Jesus, heirs of the promise of salvation. We are a part of the kingdom of God if we are in Him. If we've turned from our sin, we've turned to Jesus, we've confessed our sin, admitted our sin, trusted in Jesus as Lord, who could forgive us of those sins because of what He did on the cross, and we ask Him to be Lord of our lives, Savior of our souls, then we are in Him. And 
we are part of the kingdom and, and we stand to inherit the kingdom of God as our eternal reward. In the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter 7, we, we see that the Son of Man is given dominion, honor, and a kingdom. And his, his dominion is an everlasting dominion, dominion that will not pass away. His, his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And you fast forward to Jesus, the Son of Man, His very first sermon. His very first sermon, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Jesus said, repent, turn from sin. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is here. Jesus is building His kingdom. Jesus is building His kingdom through the Holy Spirit, drawing people like you and me to salvation in Him. And see, this builds the church. The kingdom is here now, represented by the church. And there's coming a day when Jesus the King will return and His kingdom will be fully realized in power, realized in glory. The kingdom of God is both now and not yet. The, the kingdom of God is here and the kingdom of God is coming. And we want to be moving in the direction of kingdom life and, and kingdom living because at the end of the day, we have to decide one way or the other, am I going to be led by the flesh? Am I going to be led by the Spirit? How is it going to be? And it's a, it's a conscious, it's a conscious, intentional decision that, that you and I, really, we have to make at the beginning of every day <laughs> Each day, every day, to whom am I going to listen? Myself and my wishes and my druthers? Or am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit? What He wants to share with me, to whom He wants to point me? Am I going to listen to, to His Word and how He speaks to me? One way or the other. It doesn't happen accidentally. We have to make a choice one way or the other. But you know what? If we choose to follow the Spirit, we'll never be operating alone. Amen. We'll never be on our own. Jesus' last words in Matthew 28, before He ascends to go to the right hand of the Father where He is today, interceding for us, as we saw in Hebrews chapter 7. Jesus' words to His followers then and now are, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Flesh, spirit, one way or the other, will we allow the Lord to have his own way in our lives.